What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Premier League Podcast here on FanReg Sports. As it is World Cup qualifiers, we are concentrating fully on the international game here today. With me is Polly Quistel and Elliot Niblock. I'm Sebastian Noren. And we are in a very good spirit as the United States are now in a very good position of qualifying for the World Cup after beating Panama in their last game. This is when you're supposed to be, woo! Yeah, it's morning. <laughs> yeah, this it's is morning. our... Well, we've also had a few days to let the uh, the thrill wear off in a game that was well and truly done and dusted on the halfway mark. We're recording these this show with coffee today instead of alcohol, so... Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and occasionally I even have both at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so like you said there, Elliot, this was uh, over fairly quickly. Christian Pulisic opened up the scoring in the eighth minute. Altidore got a couple of goals as well before we said, you know, it's halftime. And then Bobby Wood got a goal in the second half. So United States up to third place, one of those direct spots to the World Cup. And they have everything in their own hands now as they take on bottom of the table, Trinidad and Tobago in their last game. But before we get to that one, we'll have to talk about this Panama game. And Polly, you've been our most outspoken critic of uh, one, Josie Altidore. And uh, now he goes and scores two goals. Everything looks fine and dandy. But did he really have that good of a game? Uh, I mean... Let's let's pose this to you. Do do you think that I that I was completely wrong about Josie Altador and that I need to take back my words because I heard about it. Uh, I got texts with people quoting my tweets. I got people tweeting at me uh, on Friday night, and I was like, I don't think I need to issue a retraction to my thoughts about Josie. Do you do, like? Am I in the wrong here? No, I don't no. think so at all. <laughs> Like, I, I, here's the thing, and, and people were, were were chirping me and yelling at me because I did I did send out one tweet that that had a lot of qualifiers in it that I didn't actually state, so I understand why it came off the wrong way. I've never said that Josie Altador doesn't perform it in home games. You know, we we all know that he does, and that's part of the frustrating thing is that he performs in these in these home games. He's the the problem with Josie Altador is is that 54 percent of his career international goals have come in uh, in competitive matches. That's not a good number, especially when you look at Quinn Dempsey, where who, whose number is up like 72%. Um, 54% have come in in competitive matches. Of those 54%, four of them have come outside of the U.S. Uh, one against Spain in the Confederations Cup, and then three in the in World Cup qualifying. He's always gotten the job done at home. And he always got the job done with two strikers. And we had two strikers last night, uh, or Friday night. We were at home. He did what he had to do. Now, it was also like his first goal like in his last 13 appearances. So I'm pretty sure my hatred towards him was warranted. Well, yeah, I mean, and I, one of the things that we said on our ap- last episode was, come on, Josie, score at home. Knowing exactly. So well that what Josie like, does is score at home. Exactly, and... But to say that he had a good game, like people were saying, well, because well, I did tweet, he can't play with Pulisic. And then people were like, well, he has a goal and an assist. Let's review that. Christian Pulisic made a great run down the wing and put in one of the nicest crosses you're ever going to see. I mean, I could have finished that ball. Yeah. That everybody <laughs> not named Wondolowski would finish that. And yeah. I mean, and even the, the goal that he assisted to Pulisic for the first, like – 
you know, you were, we were texting about this and how that leads to talking about Altidore's great holdup play. Look, his layoff pass for Pulisic was terrible. spectacular. Like, terrible. Pulisic's first touch was amazing, you know, right. with his momentum like, going and, the other way. And he pulled the ball out of the air back towards him into his path. I mean, that was a fantastic solo goal that you technically give Altidore the assist for. I mean, right. I, like, this, I, this was the Pulisic. I was thinking shoot. about it. I was thinking about it. Who can? Who else can do that in the world? And I'm and and I didn't start thinking like, oh, who on the U.S. can can make that first touch? I was literally thinking like, well, maybe Juan Mata can. Maybe. Uh, do you think Pogba can? I don't know. Mkhitaryan probably not. Yeah, Hazard. That's it. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and it really it had nothing to do with it. Bobby Wood got the flick on. Like Clint Dempsey would have been in the same spot. And maybe a better pass is better. Now I'll give credit to Altidore. Being in the right place at the right time is a skill. Javier Hernandez has made an entire career off that. Um, it is a skill, and he was in the right place at the right time twice to to make that pass, which was for it was an awful pass, and to get the finish. Then he manages to get the penalty where he does the the paneka, and kudos to him because that'll flip the narrative. Then it's like, wow, look at how cheeky and talented Josie Altidore is, rather than you know focusing on. On everything else, the, the the truth is though, I thought he did have a good game. But again, that doesn't waver for any of my beliefs. I expected him to have a good game. We played with two strikers. We played at home, and just like I said last week, when you play with two strikers, the U.S. Uh, has they sacrifice somewhere, and that was in the middle of the. That's with their holding midfielders. And uh, if Panama were better, they would have made us pay because Panama should have scored twice in the first half because we had no midfield. Yeah, and I mean that. Let's go back to that penalty kick because it is one of those where it, you make it, it looks amazing. You miss it, and you look like an idiot. And yes, kudos for him to be able to pull that off. I mean, it was a. There's a time and a place for that. If it was still scoreless, I would be furious, even though oh, he yeah. made it. Yep. But I mean, at well, this point of the game, it was okay. They were controlling everything. They were up to nothing. It's okay. But Coming do that in the pitch. World Cup, and I'll be pissed. Yeah. Well, um, Zidane did it in a World Cup final. Yeah, but... Okay, but that's Zidane. Nil, nil. That's Zidane. <laughs> he is one of a kind. And right, I know Altidore is one of a kind, but, too, but not in the same sense of right, that word. Right, but you do say there's a time and a place, and no matter how good you are, the time and the place is no, not usually no, the World if, Cup No, if you're Zinedine Zidane, Zidane, if you're Lionel Messi, if you're Cristiano Ronaldo, if you're Fat Ronaldo... Then you can do it whenever, because I'll, I'll still admire you for it. But if you're Josie Altador, no, 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 no. But four nothing win. I mean, it, it's it's good for them that they got so many goals too. Because depending on what happens against Trinidad and Tobago, goal differential. Goal differential is not going to come into play, and if it does, something went drastically wrong yeah. in two different places. No, but and I mean that's what I'm does, saying though. That- that it's a good thing that they got those four goals, because if they yeah, if it only would have been we, a one nothing. What's their what's our goal differential at right plus now? Plus five. Like, okay, and Panama and Honduras negative are two, in like the minuses. Yeah, yeah but if it, yeah, yeah, but we if we would it, have needed, we if, would need to concede a lot of goals to Trinidad and Tobago, who don't score goals, and either Panama or Honduras would need to score a lot of goals against Mexico and Costa Rica. If if in any way, shape, or form that happens, you'd be able to look at Concacaf and be like. Hmm, something seems to be up here. Yeah, but I'm saying that if they only would have pulled off a one nothing win, 
Yeah, it would have. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been not as good. I, I I agree with that. The the last thing I want to say is though there is, there has been, like to go back to whether I'm eating crow or not. I have no problem admitting when I was wrong on those on those few and rare times that it happens. <laughs> like you already heard me a couple of weeks ago when I when I said I didn't like the Romelu Lukaku signing and I was wrong about that. I didn't like the Nemanja Matic signing and I was wrong about that. I have no problem admitting when I was wrong. There's a faction of the US fan base who are kind of like, oh, maybe it would be good if if we missed the World Cup um, because reasons, I guess. I don't know because they're like maybe we'll realize that that That's... this team isn't that good or or any other reasons, and they're rooting against us. I am not. I would love yeah. to be wrong about Josie Altador. I would love for Josie Altador to go to Trinidad and Tobago and pick up a hat trick and then score four goals at the World Cup. I would love that. I've just seen enough of them that I know it's not going to happen. I mean, but that that mentality in general infuriates me. And I, and we've spoke about this a little bit on the show previously in terms of like, you know, Arsenal supporters cheering for the team to lose because they want Wenger out. And it doesn't it, – it, it is mind-boggling to me. Like, you can have strong opinions about the manager. That's fine. I have strong opinions about the manager of Arsenal and the U.S. men's national team. But you, you still support your team to try to win. I mean, the only scenario in which that makes even the smallest bit of sense is if you've been eliminated from playoff contention in a sport in which your league finish is directly correlative to how high your draft choice is. And even that, to me – leaves a bad taste yeah i hate that too but even then the arsenal thing is a is it's it, it's an apples to like macintosh apples comparison <laughs> because it's not exactly the same thing I, I agree with you it's bad and you shouldn't be doing it for arsenal it's even worse to do it for the u.s because how could yeah. you not want us in the world cup yeah. this comes around once every four years and it's a hell of a lot less fun if we're not there yeah, oh, yeah. and then when you're eliminated from contention like were we to have been eliminated from contention in and you know now it's we're at least going to have at the worst case the play-in game but were we to be eliminated from contention in 2017 then you're looking forward not you know it's not oh well we'll get it four years from now seven years like that is a lot that is a dreadful time to look at without the premier world's tournament in your crosshairs and even then not being no, here four years It'll be no, but I, I mean, like, you, like looking ahead. Excuse me, I should have said five years, right? Yeah, five years well, until the, the. But it's not fall. even that. It's your next competitive game is the summer of 2019, and that's the Gold Cup, which is not even competitive. Yeah. I mean, like, what are you going to do if if you don't qualify for the World Cup? I mean, now now we we have that playing game, so November's taken care of. But like, would we have played friendlies in November or March or June? Like, what? Like, who would be playing in those games? Like, mm-hmm. what good would those games be doing? Like. How could you root against us in the World Cup? Yeah, that it, that is fairly strange. It boggles my mind. Yes, that is strange. And yeah, I mean, even if we don't like Bruce Arena and all that, we still want the U.S. to do well. And like you said, yeah, if all... like I, I I don't disagree with you that like we need to realize that we have problems. The core yeah, of this team is you can, very old. You can still do that though by making the World exactly. Cup in third place. Right. So yeah, I, I mean, I don't think we're gonna get out of our group in the World Cup because we've never done that in Europe before, and. We still haven't figured out, and we'll get to that right. Like when we talked about the Trinidad game, we haven't really figured out how to play against non-Concacaf teams or not at home. I mean, it all depends on how, what kind of group the U.S. will end up getting. Uh, and would you rather see a easy, quote unquote easy group, or would you rather see a group that has some good teams in it where you actually get to see some? 
potentially really good games. Well, I mean, let's be real. We don't need no, to be playing games... against Portugal and Germany in order to... Portugal, Germany, and Ghana, for Lord's sake, well, in order play to be Ghana. playing against good sides. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're going we're gonna to play Ghana. That's just a foregone conclusion. We can't. Conclusion. They got eliminated. They're not in it. <laughs> oh, well, let's maybe replace them with Nigeria. Shout out to Alex yeah. Zerobi. Well, Nigeria, we, we managed to handle pretty well before the uh, last World Cup. But yeah, no, like, look, I'm going to watch the games no matter what, so let the good games happen outside of our group. Give me give me the England, Slovenia, Algeria group 10 times out of 10. Uh, then let the bracket fall in a way that, like, we managed to get some ridiculous groups along the way. Look, if we win the World Cup, no one, you know, in 20 years will remember who we played and route to, to winning the World Cup. But at the end of the day, like, we'll have one just as many World Cups as England. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we get to wear a star in our jersey and... And you know what? Like, no matter who you play in the World Cup, it's not easy, and uh, it doesn't really matter. No. Okay, so let's take a quick look ahead at the game against Trinidad and Tobago. That kicks off tomorrow, Tuesday, at the Addo Bolden Stadium. That's the former runner, right? Addo Bolden? I think so. Maybe. Uh, it's probably, yeah, it's an Olympic stadium. Yeah, so I think he was. track around it. Let's see. This is bad. I should know this. Uh, I want to say that, yeah, he was a runner. So good for him that he's got his own stadium. Uh, it's going... a country from Trinidad and Tobago. Like, yeah. You have to assume that they're, that their heroes are track stars. Mm-hmm. So going into this one, though, I mean, honestly, even though they haven't played phenomenally, I still see them pulling out a win here. Why? Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. Trinidad and Tobago is not anywhere near on the same level even if the u.s play poorly they should still be able to beat trinidad and neither Tobago. is neither is panama and neither is honduras yeah but and, we're, you know, we're talking this, about a team that has one win and eight losses yeah but what happened last time we went to trinidad and tobago what happened last time we went to trinidad and tobago we got a nil nil draw and that wasn't yeah. that long ago that was two yeah. that was the last round of qualifying it was it was literally two years ago it was november of 2015 was so, Christian Pulisic playing down the middle? No, but well, I, that's the difference. It was. It well, was, but and this is the biggest question coming out of the Panama game is how, like how much has Bruce Arena learned that lesson? Right. Oh like, God, I hope Christian so. Pulisic firmly the number ten. He better be, yeah. or is he going to be played down the right hand side again when we go to Trinidad? I, I, yeah, I don't trust Arena. I mean, even though we all, we, the whole world saw how successful. He is playing centrally. Good God. Even Taylor Twellman commented on how you want him playing centrally. And if... <laughs> that was the to... rare time that Taylor Twellman wasn't baffled about Panama's tactics. Which, by the <laughs> way, is also why Altidore looked so good. Yeah. Oh, God. But, I I mean, it, most other managers, I'd say, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, clearly, the proof is in the pudding. That's where he's going to play. But I'm... I'm still a little nervous. I mean, I think that Bruce is going to get it right in terms of Pulisic's positioning when we go to Trinidad tomorrow. But it's, you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't bet the house on him not being forced out right again for some unknown reason. Okay, well, we're here's gonna, why I'm nervous. Polly, hold your thought. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll get back to this after these words. And we're back. And Polly, you're going to get to say your piece here about the Trinidad and Tobago game tomorrow. Go. Yeah. So, well, 
like Elliot just said, uh, we're nervous about where Christian Pulisic is going to play. And just to get back, like we went there two years ago and we drew nil nil in a in a game that was pretty much the same team, or so I thought it was the same team as we have now, just minus Christian Pulisic. I actually looked it up yesterday. Uh, it was a very Jurgen Klinsmann lineup. Uh, Fabian Johnson was on the left wing. DeAndre Yedlin on the right wing. Jermaine Jones, Michael Bradley, the midfielders. Um, the two strikers were Joe D'Altador and Giassi Zardes, and Michael Roscoe started at right back. So big shout-outs to the Klinsman era there, which that probably helped into why it was nil-nil. But like Elliot said, the concern is you're going to put Klinsman down – not Klinsman, uh, Pulisic down on the right side. And that's my issue is for the last four years or so, every time something bad happens to the U.S., when we finished fourth in the Gold Cup, um, when we didn't make the Confederations Cup, and everybody was up in arms saying because apparently it was our given right because for some reason people say or fans think we are the best team in CONCACAF. Now, it's forget the fact that right now it's clear that we're not and that Mexico is. If we really think we're the best team in CONCACAF, why do we keep changing everything when we go to away games? Why do we set out when Bruce Arena took over for those March games against um, uh, against when we had to take a trip to Panama after playing at home to Honduras? And he said, we're going to be happy with four points here. Why? Why was our goal four points there? Yeah. Our goal should have been six points. Right? This isn't going to Mexico. This isn't going to Costa Rica. This is going to Panama. It's going to Honduras. It's going to Trinidad and Tobago games that we should win and why are we setting up differently and not playing to our strengths just because the field is going to be bumpy and because we're going to get phone calls at 3 a.m to wake us up in our hotel i mean we playing should be, yeah we like, should be play. setting out to win those games and if we tie that's not a big deal okay like good one point is the minimum that we should be getting it's not what we should be striving for and yeah. To go to Trinidad and Tobago and to play it like this is an away game, it's going to be tricky, and like we're going to try to get it, get it, come out of here with a point because that's all we need. Go win the game. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's hard to beat um, Los Ticos in San Jose, but really the Azteca is the only place that we should go into saying a point here is a win, right? I, I wouldn't. I, no, well, more. So, I, I would actually disagree with that. I would say more so in Costa Rica because we have gotten points literally the last three times that we've been to Mexico. Now, one of them was a friendly, but we we haven't lost in Mexico since like 2008-ish or something, or 2009. Um, we haven't won ever in Costa Rica, and I think we've drawn one game. So, like, let's take baby steps. Like, if, okay. if we get a draw in Costa Rica, not that we're ever going to have to worry about that again because World Cup qualifying after tomorrow is finished as we know it. Like, we may ne- never have to play Costa Rica or Mexico in World Cup qualifying ever again. Cart in front of the horse stuff, but we'll, we'll get to that when we, when we move on. But I, to your point about this game tomorrow in Trinidad, yeah, I mean, you, you know, often we draw parallels with the Premier League because this is, after all, primarily a Premier League podcast. But even going to the quote-unquote small clubs where it's hard to win in the Premier League, like, say, Turf Moor, for instance, right? Like, the thing is that the parity and quality of the Premier League is far greater than the disparity in CONCACAF. Like, we can, they can dig their heels in if we show up and put in a flat performance that looks like we're not looking to score goals anyway, and you end up with a nil-nil draw. But we should be going in and blowing the doors off Trinidad in terms of just just quality on the pitch alone. And then when 
When that is the case, you look at the manager to say, all right, now it's your job to make sure that that quality tells on the score sheet. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. And I mean, it's not like Trinidad has any real threat as far as going forward. Yeah, like, and and Bruce Arena acknowledged it after the game. He said, like, look, we, we did get overrun at times, but he said that was a risk that we wanted to take. Like, we, we specifically wanted to have Bradley being the only holding midfielder. He goes, because we wanted five guys to get forward. Do I think we may be better off with someone who runs all over the field like Kellen Acosta? Maybe, but it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't, I would not be upset if he went out there and, and threw the diamond out there again. Maybe get it a little bit more narrow, like have Ariola and, um, and, and Darlington Nagby playing more as a, as a central midfield trio mm-hmm. than, than they were in the last game. Because in the last game, it, it, there were times where we were playing a 4 3 3, and it was not Christian Pulisic and Bobby Wood out wide. It was Josie Altidore and Bobby Wood out wide. And Christian Pulisic was kind of playing as the false nine. And if that's how you want to play, I have no problems with that. But you do need to, especially given the fact that you have DeAndre Yedlin who can fly up and down the wings, you need to pack in the middle a little bit more. And like maybe Paul Ariola plays as more of a central midfielder who then gets out wide, who runs out into the, into the space out wide. And, and when we attack, he becomes more of a winger. Yeah. There, there are ways to play. There's there's no rule in football that says you need to pick a formation and it has to be static. There is a certain amount of fluidity that's allowed in football. It's You just need to get your, your yourself back and organized when you play defense. Hmm. And as long as you can do that, then I got no problem with how you play. And, and by all means, Bruce, do something creative like that. I would love it. Yeah. Uh, Trinidad, their form coming into this one. Not great. You know, they they got a win over Panama at home in, on match day two. After that, it's been all losses. And in their last game, they suffered a 3-1 to one defeat to Mexico, who were already qualified. Uh, did take the lead in that game, we should say. But allowed three late goals for a Mexico win. Wait, so, Mexico won? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought they finished in a draw. I no, like, no, no. looked at the score and I was like, oh, Mexico like, tied it up in like the 89th minute. No, 78th minute, Lozano. Then uh, Chicharito, 80th minute, and then Herrera in, deep into stoppage time. Damn. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then Costa Rica, they secured their spot in the World Cup with a 1-1 draw at home to Honduras after a oh, late equalizer. Whoa. whoa, you're just glancing over that. That was a huge result for the U.S. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it was. Absolutely. Like, Honduras was winning that game until the 95th minute, which would have given us all kinds of problems. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, thank so, you, Costa Rica. Yeah. Yeah, uh, thank you, Costa Rica. Send okay. them a gift basket or something. Yeah, some, some <laughs> nice fruit. Uh, so. They've got plenty of that. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know what we're going to send them then. Uh, How about a steak? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Let's head over to South America where we got a very intense last match day here. Right now, Brazil, they're qualified. Then you got... Urugu- and they're the ones that caused this mess. Yes. And then you got Uruguay. There can, uh, at the worst, they can end up in fifth. But they're in second right now. And then you got Chile, Colombia, Peru, and then everybody else is like around fifth. Yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then you got like one team's bad. Argentina and Paraguay, and then three teams are eliminated already. That's Ecuador, Bolivia, and Venezuela. 
So Argentina right now on the outside looking in after only getting a scoreless draw at home to Peru in their last game at La Bombonera. So setting things up here for the last match day tomorrow. Brazil take on Chile at home. Uh, it doesn't look like they're going to make too many changes though, even though they're already qualified. And they all got a scoreless draw against Bolivia in their last game on the road. Uh, Ecuador takes on Argentina at home. Paraguay play Venezuela. That's Peru. not an easy game. No, Peru, Colombia, and then Uruguay against Bolivia. This is so, like, this is honestly so crazy. It, it should be the most exciting day of World Cup qualifiers that I can ever remember. Yeah. Yeah, so and, you... and it's too bad we can't watch any of it. Yeah, you got the, well, you can always find the stream somewhere. Uh, you got Ecuador and Argent, yeah, the Ecuador, Argentina and the Peru, Colombia game. Those kick off at the same time and then. Everything kicks off at the same time. They all kick off at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. There's one issue is that the rights to South America are owned by the same channel that owns the rights to the U.S. game when they don't play in America. And. One will obviously take precedence in this country. The only problem is it's not ESPN or Fox with overflow channels. It's BN Sport who has yep. one channel in this country. Yeah. Well, and they also, they last year, I know, I think a, two years ago, they switched to a format where the really premier matches like Chile and Brazil aren't even broadcast in the U.S. unless you pay a special fee and like have the separate channel. It's, well, it's CONCACAF and CONMEBOL are going to CONCACAF and CONMEBOL. We, <laughs> we already know that those those two uh, regions do whatever they can to make money and have kickbacks and mm-hmm. and yeah. whatever. Yeah, Paul, you're right. All games kick off at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. So, I mean, yeah, in this case, I mean, I don't I don't support illegal streaming and we, we won't condone it here. But there are ways that if you're interested in watching these games, you can. But I mean, well, that's so, all we got to say. <laughs> Talking so out of both sides of your mouth here, tomorrow so. at 7 o'clock, they'll have the Express, which is their, like, studio show. It says, coverage of all live soccer action before the match, including special reporting and analysis. So all live soccer action does, I guess, mean that they'll bounce around between the South American games, which they do have the rights to. But at 7.50, they go to the U.S. game. So, like, you could maybe see the first 20 minutes and then – I'll be at the bar tomorrow, which last time I cast that bar on a day of Conmebol um, qualifying, I saw a lot of Chile fans and a lot of some other South American teams. So I assume they'll figure out a way to have that game, have those games on. But it is also the U.S. bar, so it'll be packed with U.S. fans, and maybe they won't like give us an extra TV. I'm just—it's—it's <laughs> it's insane. But just to get back to the games, like there are a lot of teams playing for their lives right now, and somehow none of them have an easy game. Chile can easily find themselves bounced out of the tournament because they have to play at Brazil. And uh, Argentina, who are playing Ecuador, a team that they are clearly better than, that is Ecuador. Isn't Ecuador the one where their stadium is like 7,000 feet above sea level? Ooh, I, uh, let me see here. Antonio Valencia is Ecuadorian, right? It's got to be them. Yes. Uh, let's see here. Uh, <laughs> why doesn't it yeah, show? Yeah, they, they like just don't lose. Ecuador does not lose. Um, Oh, let's see. So the stadium is located at an elevation of 9,127 yeah. feet. Yeah, Ecuador does not lose qualifiers at home because they're, it's the Azteca times 1,000. Um, they qualified 
last year. Yeah, by literally they drew they drew Argentina at home for the 2014 World Cup, and every other every other game they not only won, they conceded two other goals. Uh, Bolivia scored against them. No, uh, Chile scored one goal in a 3-1 loss, and Paraguay scored a goal in a 4-1 loss. Obviously, they didn't have to play Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so far it looks like the only loss they have at home. Let me. Well, they've lost against Brazil three nothing. They lost against Colombia two nothing. Uh, they lost against Peru two to one. So it it doesn't look yeah, impossible. Yeah, they're not as good this year, but yeah. But that's still not. A, but first, but Argentina. It's not like Argentina's been dominating people. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> they they can't win away from home either. They've actually have not. Won, they've won one game. They beat they beat Chile. What? Jeez. This is weird. Like no one's, <laughs> no one wants to qualify for this. Yeah. Game. I mean, they're they're coming in. If we take a look at their last three games, scoreless draw against Uruguay on the road, one-one draw at home to Venezuela, and then a scoreless draw at home to Peru. So yeah, their form is terrible. So this I is mean, this is the let's time. Let's call spade a spade here, though. Yes, the top five teams qualify because fifth place plays New Zealand. They're not going to lose. No. Whoever fifth place in South America is, is not losing to New Zealand. But at the same time, though, that it has to go down all the way to the wire for Argentina, not very promising. And this is one of those times where, you know, Lionel Messi has to step up and show that he's the best player in the world. I mean, I'm looking at Argentina's roster right now. It's not the best that it's ever been. Um, no. But but you have you have Di Maria, you have Messi. And you have Paulo Dybal. Like, figure out a way to put the three of them on the field in positions that that work for them, and like, yeah. just fill out the rest of the roster and say, guys, we we need goals. Work together because right now we're staring down the barrel at we're staring down the barrel at a World Cup that doesn't have Lionel Messi in it. Which, yeah. and we can, as always, we can always be staring at down the barrel at, at a World Cup that doesn't have Ronaldo in it because Portugal always have to go to the playoffs for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, take our second break here, and when we come back. Uh, we'll go into those European qualifiers. So stick around. We'll be right back. Okay, and we're back, and it's time to take a look at the European qualifiers now. And, Polly, you were talking about our friend. Or do we call him our friend, Cristiano Ronaldo? He's an old friend. He's an old He's friend. He's an old friend. <laughs> He's an old friend. And I'm only friends with three of his ab muscles and one of his pectorals. Exactly, exactly. But I see a lot of them. So. so, yeah, let's take a look at Europe here. In Portugal right now, they're in Group B. They are trailing Switzerland by three points. So they're at least going to that second round since they have 24 points. So they'll for sure be one of those eight second place teams. Uh, They go up against Switzerland in their last game here tomorrow at home. So, I mean, win it and you're in it. Yeah, but, well, yeah, because their goal differential is amazing. They've scored 30 goals and they've conceded four. Yeah. That's more than that's fewer than Switzerland. And Switzerland like is known for not conceding goals. Yeah, they've conceded five. They did give up two to Hungary in a mm. win. Um, geez, yeah, no, but I hope Switzerland does it because uh, the World Cup. Switzerland's just one of those teams that's always at the World Cup. You always look at them like these teams not good, so you wonder how they get there. Well, but yeah. I, look, I don't have and then any they problem. Beat the most dominant Spanish team in international history. <laughs> yeah, they did do that. Um, they also got bounced from a World Cup without conceding a goal, which is the most <laughs> Switzerland thing never happened. Yeah. Um, I mean, for self have... for selfish reasons, I would say that I would rather see Switzerland go into that second place and go to the playoffs. 
Because it yeah, looks... the last thing you want is a Zlatan versus Cristiano. I don't want Sweden. Yeah, I don't want Sweden going up against Portugal, especially when Sweden does not have Zlatan on the team. Uh, we'll see if uh, Sweden makes it. If he's going to make a comeback or not, that's a different question. But let's oh, move over. It would be such a Zlatan thing to do to like let them all grind out qualifying and then make his grand return. I mean, maybe uh, Sweden. Apparently, no. Apparently, oh. they've they've asked him to come back, and he's and or it's been like or he's expressed interest in coming back, and they've kind of been like, nah, like you signed off on this, and we're doing and we're we're doing well, fine without you. Like we're not going to have you come back. Yeah, uh, we'll see about we'll, that. We'll, we'll see. see. I don't know. But, I mean, also he is the the king of self-aggrandizing cryptic sound bites. So. Yes. Yes, that is. At the end of the so, day, though, I don't care if, like, I hope Switzerland wins because I don't care if Portugal don't make the World Cup. Like, there yeah. are, I don't need to deal with the American media once again blowing smoke up their butts, especially now that they're European champions. Yeah. They're still a crap team. They're, they are still literally those mid-2000s calves with LeBron James and no one else. Mm. And and after the way they played at the Euros, I, like, I don't need to see you try to defense your way through a world cup and and try to do it that way yeah. no thank you so if we take a look at group a uh, right now france in the lead 20 points sweden in second place 19 points and then the netherlands in third with 16 points sweden play away to the netherlands tomorrow and in order for the netherlands to overtake sweden they need to win seven nothing or they need to win by seven goals you better park that bus yeah i just don't see that happening so uh yeah if anything i give sweden a good chance to actually beat holland since they're already defeated robin said it's impossible so uh we'll see what happens there france they play belarus i want to say so mm, they should pick up a win there but even if sweden makes it to the to the knockout stage i mean that's still good for them uh, wasn't like france like in third like a month ago like they lost to Sweden, like they dropped down to third. I think they might have dropped down to third or second at least. Um, group C. Germ- Europe is like Europe is weird because it's like very predictable, but it also like it it goes through its little twists and turns along the way, and yeah. somehow like like Sweden beating beating France, like you didn't really see that coming, but somehow like and there's not a lot of time in Europe. Oh, I guess they have ten games, which is what the U.S. has, yeah. but it's not as forgiving. But somehow everybody kind of ends up where they need to be. Yeah. Yeah, Sweden smashed Luxembourg 8 nothing in their last game. So that's good for them and the goal differential and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, they do... Before they do goal differential, they do goals for. So it's not the same as uh, CONCACAF, which has been hilarious, but by also, the way. Like, this goes back to what I was saying before about, about go out there and win games. Um Europe has teams that are way worse than CONCACAF. And you don't see France sitting there going, oh, we have to go to Belarus, um, who, yeah, like, you don't even let's know that they two, have... play two holding soccer. midfielders. Yeah, like, you don't see them sit there and go, well, you have to go to Belarus and, and, get a, and get a point. Like, now, granted, Europe, it's like you need three points in pretty much every match because only one team qualifies. You need to win these games. But, you know, France, Sweden... They go to Belarus and they say, we need three points. Like, why is the U.S. going to Trinidad and Tobago or Panama and saying, like, hey, uh, we, yeah. just, we just got to get a point. And I understand. Look, it's, there is the difference of if you go on your away games and you only get a point, you are, you are totally fine. But go out there and just try to win. Like, there, there's, 
nothing wrong with qualifying in six games rather than using all 10 because then you could have the other four qualifiers to actually you could cap tie people and you could actually give people experience of playing in a world cup qualifier in another country because you know take it last round when we went down to honduras like what if we had already qualified we could play young kids in those games where honduras really needs to win Mm -hmm. and get that experience so it's I mean, Europe's got minnows too, and and instead of being like, let's draw them, let's let's go beat them eight 0 Yeah, that's that that's true, and you're making a lot of sense there, Paulie. But I, I think that if you look at Europe too, that the gap there's always going to be your Andorras, your San Marinos, and stuff like that. But the if- middle of Europe like doesn't exist. There's yeah. the the really <laughs> there's the really good teams at the top. Like the, there's like eleven really good teams. Then there's there's about four or five teams that are good but like compared to europe they're not mm-hmm. and then everybody else is terrible yeah. like you Andorra know I'm looking and at, luxembourg <laughs> right like i'm looking at group d now like serbia's serbia where like wales maybe they're number 11 uh serbia and ireland are in that four or five or in those, those four or five that are good but comparatively they're not good and then you have georgia and moldova who are, you know, God only knows where. And Austria is around now because Austria, because they expanded the Euros to, to 24 teams. So now people know who Austria is because they're like number 20. Yeah. So uh, let's go to Group C. Germany winning all 10 games, 30 points. Boom. 43 goals. 43 Jeez. goals for four against. So that's pretty good. Northern Ireland making it to the uh, second round. And then Group D, like you said, Serbia in first, 18 points. And Wales, 17 points. And then Republic of Ireland, 16 points. So still a lot to play for there. Uh, if we take a look at their games here for the final match day, Wales play Ireland. Very interesting game. Serbia, they play at Georgia. Home, no Gareth Bale. Yeah, Gareth Bale injured again. What what really stinks is, like, I want, I want Wales to get through because I want Gareth Bale there. Gareth Bale to make the World Cup but more than anything I want Ireland in there because the Irish fans were so amazing at the Euros that I need them I need them back in my life this summer (laughs) so you need an Ireland win Um, maybe maybe uh, who is it Georgia could somehow beat Serbia I'm not counting on that so Serbia is probably going to get it going to get in but um, maybe but like Ireland can get that playoff spot which really sucks but you know, and, and now there's no Terry on Reed to handball it in, so uh, they lose. There is Aaron Ramsey. <laughs> mm, yes, that's yeah. true. Yeah, Group E, we got Poland at the top. They're qualified already. Denmark going to the second round. Um, group F, England, eight wins, two draws. They're in there. Slovakia, or, yeah, Slovakia still has a chance of making it to the second round. Uh, depending on the other results, they could be that ninth place second team. So they you know miss out. Good, good job by Gareth Southgate yesterday. He had England go out there and put together like the most lifeless performance ever against Lithuania, which is so good because now you, if you're England, you really want to avoid rolling into the World Cup as like a high flying team and getting all those expectations. Yeah, at least you... because it, it's going to be harder to really miss expectations if the expectations are so much lower. Yeah. they'll still do it, but it'll be they won't miss miss it by as much. No, a one nothing win on a penalty by Harry Kane in front of a meager crowd of five thousand four hundred people at the LFF Stadium in Vilnius. That wasn't a meager crowd. That's what the stadium holds. I know, but. How, how can you even have such a small stadium? It's 
it's Luxembourg. Like no, they, it's Lithuania. Or it's Lithuania. Lithuania. They don't. They only have two million people. Yeah, but still, five thousand four hundred people. I feel like we have high schools that take in more people than that. We we do. We we Texas football stadiums routinely have ten thousand. <laughs> okay, uh, let's move on. Group G: Spain qualified and. Italy move on to the second round. That's going to be a tough one for anyone who gets drawn against Italy. Uh, group H. Won't be tough for Italy. No, won't be tough for Italy. Uh, Belgium qualified from Group H. And Greece have a chance of getting into that second round. We'll see. They, they're they also on that wait, edge wait, wait, there. Wait, wait. Yes. Oh, because they still have a game to play. They still have a game to play okay, tomorrow. Yeah. I was like, they have 16 points. And what's-his-face is 18. Mm-hmm. Slovakia is 18. So that didn't make sense to me. Good. Uh, Hopefully Greece loses and Slovakia can get in the playoffs because I don't want Greece back in the World Cup. Yeah, they're boring. Oh come on, they're and, boring. And then we have Iceland and Croatia battling it out, and the Ukraine. I should add too. Sorry, Ukraine uh, for that top spot in Group I. Uh, right now, Iceland nineteen points, and then Croatia and the Ukraine seven. Oh, Iceland points. hasn't actually qualified yet. Though. No, but they, they play are, Kosovo. They are if good. They don't win. Yeah, they are good for the at least getting to the second round. But they play Kosovo. They play Kosovo today. at home. Yeah, if yeah. they don't win that game, which is good, we'll get Iceland back in. We we need to get the Ireland so and give them like hopefully they get a draw where they get some crappy Asian or African or uh, Concacaf team. Uh, and that they can get a win and we can get the Viking clap and I'm sure Fox will screw up broadcasting to us the Viking clap uh, and then maybe we can get the, the Irish people back in there and we'll get maybe the Northern Ireland people that they can qualify through the playoffs mm, we'll get and the Swedish people we, in there yeah maybe yep. we could get maybe we can get a if we get Northern Ireland back in there maybe we can get Will Griggs you're not giving you're Cup. not you're not giving the Swedish fans enough credit here they travel really oh well. no 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 the Swedish fans I, Sweden brings a lot of talent into the stands. I, I'm I'm rooting for Sweden. A lot of, we just don't know how good the Fox cameramen will be at finding the talent oh in the stands. No. <laughs> okay, you're talking about that talent. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ukraine played Croatia. Uh, Sweden was also they were dancing in the streets, uh, singing ABBA. They, yeah. They've got they've got YouTube talent as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But Ireland takes the cake on on YouTube talent. Yeah. So we'll be back on Thursday. We'll break down all these amazing world cup qualifiers really we'll see what that happens we won't there. be able to watch no but we'll still talk about them and then we'll also take a look ahead of course at the premier league that makes us come back this weekend so until then you can follow us on twitter i'm seb noren paulie is p Quistel. elliot is keats was better have a good one bye-bye